Tonight I want to speak on the subject of the just measure. The just measure. Now when we're talking about a measure, you'll see here in a minute that the Bible oftentimes, uh, there's several measures that are given. Sometimes it's a rod, sometimes uh, it's a scoop, and really what we're talking about today is that scoop that's being used to measure out grain uh, or spices or whatever it was, you know, in the ancient world. And it's interesting that God was so concerned about the measure and exactly how the measure was to be used. Uh, in Deuteronomy 25:15, it says, "But thou shalt have a perfect and a just weight." And a perfect and just measure shalt thou have. That and listen to what's tied to this. That thy days may be lengthened in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. So having a good measure will lengthen the days uh, that the Lord has given you in the land. Isn't that phenomenal that such an important thing is tied to a measuring cup, let's say. Okay? So, we're going to go forward, and you don't have to follow along. I'm just going to read four verses here. Uh, we're going to go to Exodus uh, 22. Actually, I want to go to Proverbs 11.1 1 first. I want to get all these, the measure first. So, Proverbs 11.1, 1, it says, A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. So again, that think of the marketplace, somebody with scales measuring things. God has uh, said here that a false balance is that abomination, that, uh, but the just weight is his delight. And then Exodus 22. I just want to kind of show you a little bit where, where we're at in the Old Testament before we jump over to the New Testament. So Exodus 22, 22 through 24. So now kind of moving on to that from that uh, measure and then getting into how we should treat one another. And he says here, Ye shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child. If thou afflict them in any wise, and they cry at all unto me, I will surely hear their cry. And my wrath shall wax hot, and I will kill you with the sword, and your wives shall be widows, and your children fatherless. And the last one here in the Old Testament, Psalm 82, and verse 3. God uh, is telling the judges here in, in Israel to defend the poor and the fatherless, do justice to the afflicted and the needy. So defend the poor and the fatherless, do justice to the afflicted and the needy. So this actually, uh, this study, it was uh, spawned on by a conversation that I overheard my son, one of my sons, having with his uh, friend. 
uh, was a pretty contentious uh, topic, and I heard them discussing it in a way, and I, I loved, I was really uh, proud of the way that they were discussing this topic, you know, in a very calm, orderly manner, considering all aspects and angles of the topic, uh, considering uh, the feelings, I guess, of other people putting themselves in other people's shoes, and I was very impressed, and I don't know why, but this verse uh, or portion of Scripture came to me here in Luke uh, chapter 6, so this is going to be just our, our main portion of Scripture tonight, Luke chapter 6, uh, and I'm going to focus mostly on verses 36 through 38. But I want to back up to give a little bit of context here. So I'm going to read this discussion that Jesus is having with his disciples here. And I'm going to start in verse 20. And it says, And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples, and he said, This is, you know, kind of Sermon on the Mount, right? Blessed be ye poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are ye that hunger now, for ye shall be filled. Blessed are ye that weep now, for ye shall laugh. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company, they shall reproach you, shall cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice ye in that day, and leap for joy. Behold, your reward is great in heaven, for in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. So Jesus here is telling uh, the disciples, you know, you're going to have contention in your life. It's not going to all be easy. Verse 24, but woe unto you that are rich, that have received your consolation. Woe unto you that are full, for ye shall hunger. Woe unto you that laugh now, for ye shall mourn and weep. Woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. But I say unto, which, or unto you which hear, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you. Bless them which curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. Give unto every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise." For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if ye do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do the same. And if ye lend to them of whom you hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again, that your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. So here, the rationale behind why we should be doing these things is what? Because we're to be like our Father in heaven, right? That's what he's tying this to. So, uh, verse, uh, let's see. Verse 35, but if you love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is 
kind to the unthankful and, and to the evil. And then here's the important part, verse 36 to 38. Be ye therefore merciful as your father uh, is also is merciful. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Listen to this. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet withal, it shall be measured to you again. Okay. So Jesus is teaching his disciples here how they should act. We saw in those Old Testament verses, I was trying to think, you know, how could we describe what the Lord is telling us and, and who he is saying he is? Because that's important. If we're going to be, uh, if we're asked to be like the Lord, we should kind of know uh, what he's like, right? And that's what he is revealed uh, throughout the Bible, but in particular, you know, in the Old Testament, you know, we saw that when it came to the measure, he was concerned with precision, wasn't he? You know, that just weight, that was what he desired. Uh, he was concerned about honesty and justice, mercy, graciousness, and right judgment. You know, I don't... Uh, wonder a little bit if the reason why your days would be long in the land if you used a just measure was because perhaps it would be a lot less stressful for you and maybe a lot less dangerous for you, you know, if you did not cheat people. And in fact, my understanding from reading some commentaries is that the custom was that uh, the buyer would actually be the one, uh, when there was an exchange of goods going on, one measure would be used, and they would be the one that, uh, you know, they would measure out what they were giving to that person in the same measure that it would be measured back to them. The same measure was used. So if you were going to cheat somebody, guess what? You were also going to be cheating yourself. And that's kind of how things were uh, you know, kept honest uh, throughout that. Um, but we take it from that physical measure in the Old Testament, and in the New Testament, Jesus brings this into an interpersonal and a spiritual dimension. He brings that, that idea of the measure and the fair measure, the precision, the honesty, the justice, the mercy, graciousness, and that right judgment into the spiritual dimension. Now understand that Jesus is not necessarily the first person in, the, in recorded history to tell people that you should treat people right. So these words here are not, let's say, earth-shattering, uh, many uh, of the old religions, pagan religions, uh, had proverbs about how you should treat people. But most of them, went, they sounded similar, but they're not quite the same. They would say, treat others as they've treated you. Well, it sounds good. You know, people have, you know, if they treat you well, I should treat other people well. 
essentially, you know, it, it should be a like uh, interaction. But Jesus takes that a step further, and he says, you treat people like God treats people. And he explains that, that you should treat people how you would like to be treated. And, you know, sometimes, and it's interesting here, because, you know, not only are we to treat people how God would uh, treat us, but, you know, we're, we're to be, that measure that's used on us all throughout this portion of Scripture, it's indicated that the measure we use with others will be used back on us. And I remember listening to a, a preacher one time, I believe he is from uh, one of the Grace Brethren churches, and, and he, I remember him saying, you know, I'm gracious towards sinners. And he said, sometimes people have uh, faulted me for that, because he said of my graciousness. But he said, I realize that if I was in their situation, I would want to be treated graciously. And he said, also, I've, I have uh, read this verse, and I understand that the measure that I use will be used on me. The judgment that I use on somebody else will eventually make it back to me. And I use this example um, in, in Sunday school class as an illustration. You know, I've, you know, when our children were young, I, I was definitely very, you know, very big on you had to come to church, we would be in church. Um, and, and, you know, there was times when, uh, especially after we moved over here to uh, Newark, they're separated from friends in Marysville. It's not, you know, it's not easy to drive back and forth. It used to be we had the option. We could pick them up, you know, on Sunday morning. We'd go to church or we'd pick them up. They'd play with their friends and stuff Saturday evening. We'd pick them up and, uh, late in the evening on Saturday and no problem. And uh, how, how interesting it is, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, when uh, our, our children, they, they would get invited to somebody's house on a Saturday evening for a party or whatever, and, you know, maybe we would say, ah, oh, no, you can't go, or, you know, we've got church tomorrow, whatever, and, uh, and then, you know, you're getting ready to go to church and the phone rings. And guess who it is? It's dad's boss. And he says, you know what? We've got something going on at the plant, and we need you to come in right now. You know, don't, don't I look a little uh, funny now if I, you know, I've just told our children and, and uh, got all over them about something, and, and that I have found often, and I don't know if you found this in your life, but if you are very hard on somebody on some situation, it will not be that long before a similar situation comes your way, knocking on your door. 
And that's what I, I believe the Lord is getting at here, that we need to be gracious towards one another. And how do I know that? Well, it's all through, uh, especially the New Testament, and you know, we even just read some verses in the Old Testament. In fact, if you went back to Matthew chapter 6 and you looked at that model prayer that the Lord Jesus Christ gives his people, what does he say? You know, Lord, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Do you see the measure that we use with others is going to be also used for us? Now, I just want to give you uh, a short um, thought that, well, I don't know how short it'll be, but a thought that I had about this measure that's being used. Now, uh, I used the example um, when I was in college, I decided that I was going to learn how to cook. I never had to cook too much at home because mom cooked for me. I had a wonderful mother and still have a wonderful mother that I love very much, and, and she did all the cooking. That was nice. But when I moved out, I realized that if I didn't want to have to eat ramen noodles and Stouffer's pizzas every day, and well, maybe the odd peanut butter sandwich or two or three, I had to learn how to cook. And one thing I learned when I was watching those baking shows and stuff is how to use a measure for flour or sugar or whatever it be. And some of you that bake, you may know the scoop and swoop method. I'm looking at David over there. I know he bakes. So you use a scoop and swoop method. They don't teach you on those shows to dig into the flour and, you know, tap, tap your measure on the table and then push it down real good and get more flour, because you might end up with two cups of flour in that measure that was designed to hold one cup. But what they teach you to do is you scoop it in and you fill it up over the top and you take your butter knife and you swoop it off the top so it's nice and lightly packed in there and that's one cup of flour. Okay? Well, Let's, let's take this into the text here just a little bit to give an illustration. So this measure that's going to be used for you, or you're using for others, sorry, will be used also to you. How would you like that used if that measure held grace and mercy and forgiveness in it? Would you like me? I, I could scoop it out. Ooh, going to swipe it off with the, with the uh, knife. I've got a cup of mercy right here, but it's the scantiest little cup that I can give you. You know, flour may not be a good example, so I was thinking like, you know, gold dust or something. You know, I was going to measure out a cup of gold dust to you. Would you want me to use the scoop and swoop method for that gold dust? You're going to get a cup. You're going to get just exactly what you deserve. But is that what Jesus is telling his disciples that a good measure looks like? He's telling us what a good measure looks like. Okay? So, no, he's saying when you are giving a good measure, you scoop it out, you heap it up, you tap it down, get as much as you can get in there, 
maybe scoop a little bit more so it's heaping up. You press it down, press it down, press it down. And then are you done? No, he says you scoop it in some more until it's heaping over. It's the most generous measure that you can possibly give somebody. I have to admit that I think when that comes to our personal lives with grace and mercy, this is exactly how Jesus Christ has given it to us. But the convicting question is, is this how we are using our measure for others? And he says, that's what I'll pour into your lap. If you want to know how I expect you to measure out Precision, honesty, justice, mercy, graciousness, right judgment. Scoop and swoop isn't going to get it. (laughs) I want you to press it down. I want you to fill it up as full as you can and give that to them. That's not easy for us human beings to do. That's why we have to be saved. That's why we need the Holy Spirit and and I, I really enjoyed uh, last Wednesday night and, and you know, my dad's testimony at the end. Lord, bless them till they can't stand it. I don't, I don't know if he said that, but I'm going to make him say that. I'm putting those words in his mouth. But, you know, when you've got somebody that's hard to deal with, you know, Lord, bless them. Bless them, and I'll say bless them till they can't stand it. Just fill the measure up and bless them. And I, I went home thinking of that last Wednesday, and, and I was thinking about the freedom. You know, Jesus, in the New Testament, it says that, you know, when we've been freed by the Son, we're free indeed. And the freedom that comes from just doing what He testified to, the freedom that comes with using a measure like this, because there was nothing else that I could possibly do. I gave that person every grace, every mercy, every, everything I, that I could do. I, I, let, you know, I, I let it go and just put it in God's hands. I was, and I, I brought this up too, I, if you've never watched Corey Ten Boom, uh, she has many videos on YouTube. Get off of YouTube shorts and TikTok and all that stuff. I, I tell everybody that rots your brain. Like, like, it's just, you know, 10 seconds of this and 10 seconds of this and 10 seconds of this. What in the world is that doing to your brain? It can't be good. I'm not a neuroscientist or anything like that, but it can't be good. But there's good stuff on YouTube, too. There's, the Internet can be used for good stuff. Look up Corey Ten Boom. Look up her uh, testimonies. Because she traveled the world preaching forgiveness. If you don't know who Corey Ten Boom is, I suggest that you read, uh, I believe it was the first book, um, and it was The Hiding Place. You probably had to read it. Some of you may have had to read it in school. And, you know, I read it in school, too, and I didn't, quite honestly, I, I didn't get that much out of it. I went back and read it, actually listened to it as an audio book later as an adult, 
And I was like, what? That's, that's Corey Ten Boom's story? That's amazing. Because it's about forgiveness. And in, in her YouTube testimonies when she's uh, preaching, she, and it's in the end of that uh, book as well, she talks about how she was in the Holocaust. They were a Christian family that were trying to help the Jews during the Holocaust. The Germans ended up coming and arresting her. And really, out of her family, I, there was a few of them that survived, but I know her father died um, and, and most importantly to her, her sister that was very, very close to her uh, died in the Ravensbrück concentration camp. And, and throughout that, you know, throughout that experience, it's amazing because I imagine all the soldiers that they dealt with, all the people that they dealt with and that were so cruel to them, but she remembered those people. And here she was at the end of World War II. She's preaching on forgiveness. You can imagine, you know, in a church like this, right, filled with people, preaching on forgiveness. And at the end of that message, she went to walk out of the church, and a man met her at the back door of the church, and she recognized him. And he stuck his hand out and he said, I'm such and such person. I was a guard at the Ravensbrück concentration camp. And, and he didn't probably remember that he had been so cruel to Corey Ten Boom and to her sister. But Corey Ten Boom remembered. And, and it was just burned into to her mind. And he stuck his hand out and he said, I've become a Christian. Will you forgive me? Is that measure easy to use? Corey Ten Boom says no. As somebody who I can imagine that would be a very difficult experience in life, Corey Ten Boom said, In my flesh, in my heart, I did not want to forgive that man. I didn't want to forgive him. I couldn't. And she said, you know, she says probably just a split second, but it felt like it, it was hours to her thinking about this. And, and she said, but she, she thought, Lord Jesus Christ, if you can forgive this man, make me do it. And she stuck her hand out. You, you make me forgive him. And she said the moment that he took her hand, she was free. She said, you know, there was some feeling that she describes, I can't remember, but it was a sense of freedom. And she said, Jesus allowed her to forgive this person, to give that heaping measure, to let it go. And do you know, after that point, her ministry exploded. God took her all around the world. I mean, I didn't realize she was in her 50s when she went to the concentration camp. I always thought she was like in her 20s. She was in her 50s. She was, uh, you know, not a young woman. And she, she lived all the way up into, I think, her late 80s and died in California finally, uh, but had a wonderful ministry. And it, it all started there. You know, when you... <laughs> This, this is the dangerous thing about when you're judging people and when you're preaching forgiveness 
is that the Lord will bring an opportunity, opportunity into your life and put it to the test. And I find this, I, I don't know, I hope you guys find this too, I imagine you would, but every time that the Lord does a work in somebody's life, and this is all throughout the Bible, there's always a test that comes immediately afterwards to see if it was real. And to put it to the, she was put to the test. Her measure was put to the test. She filled it up. She let it go. She forgave him. And the Lord took her all over the world. So is a just measure important to the Lord? Yes. That's who he is. That's, that's what he requires of us. So much so. Now, is it something that's easy for us? No. Why of, of, the, of those like six or, I forget how many things, six or eight things that's in the Lord's prayer, uh, why is it that that forgiveness has to be one of those? Probably because it's one of the hardest things that we have to do. I, I, I'm not standing up here saying I've never struggled with it. Nope, it's hard. I've, I've had to forgive, and it's never easy for us. But if we truly want to be set free, we must. We must use that good measure that's pressed down, that's shaken together, that's running over, the one that we would want to have dumped into our bosom, into our lap, some versions say. That's the one that Jesus says we're to bring out. <laughs> and, he'll, and he makes a promise there. If we'll bring that measure out, he'll measure it back to us. He'll measure it back to us. So that's the uh, thought that I had tonight, um, we'll go ahead and pray, and unless somebody just, Justin, do you have a song or anything like that? No? Okay. We'll pray, and, and then we'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, I just do thank you this evening, Father, for that generous measure that you have poured into my lap and my life, Lord, when I was deep in sin, and did not deserve forgiveness. I did not deserve the goodness that you poured right into my bosom and into my lap, Father. Lord, I'm thankful that you were not scanty with your grace or with your mercy, but, Father, you gave it in abundance, and you continue to give it in abundance. Lord, I just pray that this message of the good measure, not even this message, just those verses, Lord, of your word would burn in our hearts that we would have a desire to use that good measure for each and every one of us in here, for the other. And Lord, I pray that you would help us, Father, to have the desire to use that measure even outside of these walls, Lord, for the many that are hurting and 
are confused and conflicted and are struggling in sin. And Lord, we just see the effects of it day in and day out of our society. And God, I just pray that you would be with those people, be with our lost loved ones, Lord, be with our children, Lord, that are away from you, Father. We pray that you would seek after them. We pray that you would pursue them. Lord, we pray that you would uh, open their eyes, Father, that they would see their great need of Jesus Christ, and not just their need, but Lord, how you stand there at the ready with a good measure, Lord, to give them that grace and mercy. Nor, Lord, not that they deserved, but it's what they need. And Lord, we're thankful. We we're thankful that you are a God that uh, sees not what we deserve, but what we need. Lord, help us to be the same. Help us to see in others not what they deserve, but what they need. And Lord, to give that good measure to others. And we just do pray for your blessings, for your protection, to go upon all these people as we go to our own homes tonight. And Lord, we do pray for your grace, your mercy upon this church. Pray that you would help us in this uh, search for a pastor, that, uh, Lord, that would be something that would, our desire is to see it happen quickly, Father, to have the right person to come into this pulpit and to lead us and guide us, Father, in the way that you uh, desire for this church. Lord, we just uh, ask these things in that gracious and wonderful name of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.